0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Let's start with something um, funny. An old man lived alone on the west coast of New Zealand and he wanted to plant his annual tomato garden, tomato garden. But it was very difficult work because the ground was so hard. And his only son, Vincent, who used to help him, was in prison. So the old man wrote a letter to his son describing his problem. Dear Vincent, I'm feeling pretty sad because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden. Tomato garden, I know. The Tomato. Toma- How do you say it? Toma- tomato. I like the, the English. Tomato. Say it over there, man. Tomato. Garden this year. I'm just getting too old to be digging up this garden plot. I know if you were here, my troubles would be over, as I know that you would be happy to do this for me, like in the old days. Love, Dad. A few days later, he received a letter from his son Dear Dad, don't dig up that garden. That's where the bodies are buried. Love, Vince. <laughs> At 4 a.m. the next morning, the, um, the, the, uh, the defending squad, what it call the armor defending squad, and the police uh, arrived and dug up the entire area without finding the bodies. They apologized to the old man and left. The same day, the old man received another letter from his the son. Dear dad, go ahead and plant your potato plants right now. This is the best I could do under the circumstances. <laughs> 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 oh, man, God is so good. God is so good. Half for the house, eh? Half for the house. Do you ever half for the house? Do you a half for this house? You know Jesus loves His church. Jesus loves His church. Jesus gave His life for the church. Jesus died for the church, for us. It says in Ephesians five twenty five, for He died for us, sacrificing Himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the Word of God. All that He does in us is designed to make us mature. A mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him. Glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy without fault or flaw. Isn't that amazing? His death has given us life. Wow, this is so beautiful. It says here, you have been made holy and pure. Tell your neighbor, you are holy and pure. You are holy and pure. Now a few weeks ago we talked about this whole area of holy and purity and righteousness. We saw that the, that the foundation of God's throne the way he reigns is through righteousness. And the same way we see in our lives through Romans 5:17 that also because the gift of righteousness and through his grace that we also reign in life through righteousness and so it's very important that we know how holy and how holy and pure and righteous God has made us and this helps us to say no to ungodliness and to say yes to his righteousness in us and through us in our lives amen and the thing is though that what happens with that when you really know what God has done in you it makes you really happy but it also makes you really love him It makes you really love him more. His grace, his love, undeserved, makes you love him more. Amen? It's so amazing. Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, We each one of us, but also as a church, Lord, we love you so much, Lord. Our affection is for you. We love you, Jesus. Our hearts are for you. My heart, Lord, is for you, and I'm so grateful. I'm forever grateful for what you've done for me, and it's made me so happy. It's made me so happy. And most of us, right, made us so happy. Verse 27, all that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him. Isn't it beautiful, glorious, and radiant, beautiful, holy, without fault? All he does in us is to mature us for his pleasure. He loves our maturity. Our maturity gives him pleasure. It gives him praise. Allowing God to work in our lives gives him praise. Now that's absolutely wonderful, isn't it? To grow as a son and a daughter gives him worship. It gives, And it makes him so happy. And what an amazing invitation this is for us to change. To grow. To let God do everything he wants to do in our lives. It's to worship him. Say, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. I invite you to do it, Lord. Let's say it together. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Make me mature. Make us mature together. So that the church would become a source of praise to him. Glorious and Radiant. Beautiful and powerful, holy, no fault in it. What a powerful vision for the church. What a powerful vision of this church. What a powerful vision of what God wants to do in our lives. Jesus has called us to be a source of praise to him. But also he's called us to be a source of praise to Christ church. He's, he's called us to be a source of praise to your neighbors, to your family, to the people you know, your friends. He, to us to become a source of praise to him. Now wouldn't it be amazing and wonderful is when people think church they think amazing even if they don't believe even if they're not christians wouldn't it be amazing if they think of church amazing i don't go to church but the church amazing exhilarating exciting full of the goodness of god and everything we are called to be a light of the world the light of the world People want to be enlightened. They're looking for love. We have been called to be a light of the world. We have been called a city on a hill. Some of these movies, you know, you see on, on the hill, those fortresses, those beautiful, strong, mighty fortresses, you know. A city on a hill. And people come to look to be strengthened, to be comforted, forth, comfort, you know, for the strength, to be strengthened in their lives. They come here broken. They come looking for hope. And we have this because we actually are also called to be the hope of the world. Amen? The church is the hope of the world. And in this place, people can find hope and joy. And so many people are finding that in our church and in other churches. Hope of the world. I love the church. There's nothing like the church. I have such a heart for the church. There's nothing like it in this world that can bring healing and hope and eternal life to people. Amen? Amen? Now, the wonderful thing is that we bring in praise when we look like Him. When I look at my kids, you know, and, and when they play basketball, they play soccer. They used to play soccer, but not anymore, football. Uh, they've all gone to basketball now, sadly. But when they used to go and play football, uh, they make me very proud, now too, with basketball. But the thing is, though, I love the soccer because I was, I was not a basketball player, see? So I can't really relate to that. But I was a soccer player, and I was a striker, and I was, you know, Ronaldo, I mean, you know, you know. Man, you know, I'm, I made a lot of goals. I'm serious. I could run, man. Unbelievable. And so, so I made a lot of goals. So when I see my kids trying to do stuff, it brings me praise, right? It brings, it brings honor to me as a parent, to Catherine and I. It brings honor. But same way it us, We bring him honor. We bring him honor. And we reflect him. Because of what he's done in our lives. We reflect his life in us. We reflect his goodness in us. We reflect his love in us. People need to be able to walk into church, into your life, and see him. Amen? Hopefully when you walk into this church this morning, in us, and through everything that happens, we see him. We see him. Amen? Man, when they see us, they see Jesus. When they feel us, they feel Jesus. When they touch us, they touch Jesus. When they meet us, they meet God. See, we are his reflection. We are the reflection of God in the same way that Jesus is the reflection of the Father. Actually, he is the exact image of the Father. He is the exact portrait. If you do a, 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 like Sue is doing right now, is it makes portraits. And, and Sue, well done for every week. Let her give it up for her. She does all these paintings all the week for doing all stuff, you know. And next week she's going to present one to us uh, for the church. This beautiful one that I've, I've, I want, and I said, "Can I, can I get it for the church?" So she's going to present it next week to us. It's going to be amazing. But the thing is, though, a portrait—you know—a portrait, you know, a portrait of, of oneself. It is Jesus is the portrait. Look at this: Colossians 1:15 to 23. He, Jesus, is the divine portrait. He is the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realms and on earth, and all that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, talking about power this morning, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it was all created through Him and for His purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in Him. Amen? Amen? That's Jesus, yeah? He is the head of his body. Everybody say, he is the head of his body. body. Which Which is his church? Which is you? Which is me? Which is us? And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth was brought back to him. Back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. It's one of our favorite talks I'm going to give in three weeks' time about innocence, living from innocence. I'm writing a book about it. But the thing is, though, it's so exciting. It is so important in our lives. What a beautiful line. Back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Colossians 1.15 says this, The sun is the... Image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is the image of God. But the most wonderful thing is that we are born in the same image of Him. We, in our born-again spirit, look like Him. Right? We're born of Him. My kids look like me. The reason why is because they're born of me. They look at me because they're my seed. And so we are the same. We are God's seed. And Jesus lives in us. Now, think of this. This is just Amazing. Now, Jesus, all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus, and Jesus, by his Spirit, which is the Spirit of Jesus, lives in you. That means that the fullness of God lives in you. Whoa. That's, that's quite amazing. Think of that. We have access. Remember this umbilical cord behind your belly button? This beautiful. Wow. The fullness of God. Can people see this in you? Can people see this in the church when they see us? Yes, somebody says that's good. Sadly, many people can't see it. And they see other things in churches, which is not really bearing the image of God. See, we have the image of God, and we are being shaped into the image of God as we change from faith to faith, strength to strength, glory to glory, right? We are changed into his image to Reflect the image. We are called to reflect his image. The church, we are called to reflect the image of God. It's so amazing. I love the church. It is so, who gets to reflect God? Right? Very quiet in here, guys. You're going to be a little more exciting about God and things. (laughs) If people comes in here right now and they see you sitting here and and I'm talking about this and they say, don't even believe what you're saying, Gideon. I can see it. And I was like, seriously, get excited about God, man. The Holy Spirit in you is joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's all this good stuff happening in you. Don't be so quiet. It irritates me a little bit, you know. Like, it's like, brrrr. Come on, we're excited about the church. I love the church. Now, we are so amazingly connected with Christ. It is just unbelievable. We are actually one spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. We are connected as one in spirit. We are inseparable. The church and the head, we are inseparable. He is the head, verse 18, and we are his body, which is the church. The head and the body, the head and the body. Now, I need, uh, you, you guys need some help this morning. So, I've got, I brought my friend here. He's going to help me uh, to, 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 to show this. This is, this, is, this is the head. This is Jesus. And you can see he's always happy, right? Amen. Amen. Come on. And, and this is the body, is his church. We're the body. We even got a tail. It's absolutely amazing. And the thing is, where he goes, we go. See, where he goes, we go. See, the body follows the the head, see? Where he goes, we go. Where he is, we are. are. I am. When I go, he goes. You know, when I go, he goes. He's there with you. It's embarrassing, I know, but he's there. (laughs) He's everywhere you go. We are completely connected to him all the time, yeah. Yeah. right? It's just amazing. And we speak what he is speaking. Yeah. And we hear what he is hearing. And we see what he is seeing. Amen. <laughs> and we smell what he is smelling. See, he's got his nostrils here, see? Sm- smell what he, my kids actually won this in, uh, in Europe. One time we were all in Europe and uh, they went to somewhere. And uh, they had to do these basketball things. So and my kids are very good at basketball. And so they won. They won three of these. Uh, so in the plane, can you imagine the plane? You know, all these things, you know, like this <laughs> and a big banana, a you know, massive banana like this, you know. But I thought, what a great thing to use uh, this morning for this, uh, you know. See, what he smells, we smell. Yeah. See, this is amazing. What he feels, we feel. Right. What he thinks, we think. Right. It's amazing. We are so connected to him. We are his hands and his feet, and his tail, you know? We are everything. He has used us, we are his body. We are so connected to him. You know, I hear sometimes Christians say, I love this Jesus, but I don't love the church. It's not possible. Now I know that the church still has some wrinkles in that sense. I know the church is still growing up and some of you have been disappointed with people in church, and so have I. But it doesn't mean that God does not love the church. That doesn't mean that they're still not the bride of Christ, bridegroom, bride, and that we are connected to him inseparably. So we've got to get over ourselves, get healed up, start loving, start serving, because this is not going to go. This is not going to go away. We're going to be connected with him for all eternity. So better get used to this whole thing. Yes, the church may have hurt you. <sighs> I was going to say something, but I won't say that. There is, a, there is a book, serious, there's a book that has really helped. Catherine and I, we had some issues with uh, some of our uh, background. It's called The um, the Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse. If you have had some spiritual abuse type thing, and I hope it's not from here, please. And if you have, please talk to me. Please be honest with you because we didn't this last thing we want. You know, but the thing is, though, if you had any traumas or whatever in that regard, that's a really good book to read. And I know for some of you it has been uh, serious in, in that sense. But Jesus loves the church. You cannot say that you love Jesus and you don't love the church because they're connected to each other. It's a contradiction in terms. We love the church. He died for the church. He loves it. He's his bride. His bride. He's the bridegroom. It's just so beautiful, right? Yeah. That's why I have a heart for this house yeah. and for the church. It's actually really nice. This. Now, in Ephesians 5... In Ephesians five in Ephesians five, Paul talks he compares this with uh, the, the, the relationship between the mm, between the Jesus and the bride, he compares it through marriage with marriage. Now, this is going to be a free thing for the marriage people here today, because we're not talking about marriage, but we are kind of talking about marriage, because we're showing something of his relationship with the church, how we love the church, how it's such a heart for this church. And actually, so he, he really compares this with the marriage. So the most intimate relationship, that the pinnacle of human relationships, which is marriage, he compares that with the church, with his relationship with us. Amen? Now, this is what he says in Ephesians. For wives, this means being supportive to your husbands, like you are tenderly devoted to our Lord. So in the same way you are tenderly devoted to Christ, now be tenderly devoted to your husband. I'll tell you, when we read this stuff, this will really help us in our job, Catherine and I. Please read this. Please do this. It will help us. For the husband provides leadership for the wife, just as Christ provides leadership for the church, as the savior and the reviver, reviver of his body. In the same way the church is devoted to Christ, Let the wives be devoted to the husbands in everything." It's a good word. Devotion. Husbands. "...have the obligation of loving and caring for their wives in the same way they love and care for their own bodies." It's amazing how men love their own bodies. Do you know that? It's the biggest yes right here, you know. Men love their own bodies. And so Christ says, the way you love your own body, love your wife. It's not me. He says that. Oh, oh, there's more. Wait, there's more. For to love your wife is to love your own self. I just said that. No one abuses his own body, but pampers it. Come on, man. How are you pampering your wife? I tell you, because if you pamper your wife, she'll do anything for you. And please do it because it keeps my life kind of easier. (laughs) I can concentrate on writing books and other things, and I don't have to sit with you in offices all the time. Please love your wife, pamper her. But there's more. It says more, look, 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 look. Serving and satisfying her needs. Come on. This is a word for some of us. We satisfy each other's needs. I know if you're not married yet, I know it's hard. But you just got to wait. And you got to pray for a wife or for a husband. And believe me, it's worth the wait. Catherine and I waited a long time. uh, And the thing is, married 25, you know. And the thing is, though, it's worth waiting for. But when you do, you serve. You serve each other. You satisfy each other. No stalemate. You satisfy. You serve so this not really part of this talk, but it was in the in the Bible as I was talking about the church and the, and Christ. So I might as well just put it in there, right? For because it's just helpful for some of our of our of our married people. Jesus loves the church. Jesus pampers the church. People, Jesus serves the church. He, he meets the needs of the church. It is so absolutely beautiful. And so as, as a relationship, as particularly married couples, we can reflect him. We can reflect our relationship with him. But also each one of us can be this kind of pampering, serving kind of person who serves the church here and, and serves humanity and your friends and everybody around you. Now, I, that's why I think church is amazing. I mean, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in the world. Jesus loves his body. He loves his church. He loves his church, you know. And we love him, don't we? And then we love each other. There's a lot Paul talks about, about loving one another, right? And doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible about they will know you by your love? I mean, can you imagine what a church would be like when it's so loving and so kind? that Everybody just streams to it because it is the most wonderful, beautiful place. Now, many places, they haven't got this. They see all kinds of things, religious things, all kinds of stuff. They don't see Christ. They see stuff. And sometimes bad stuff. Come on, our church... So represent Christ, yeah. look like Christ. Yeah. Right? Huh? In every way. Right? Yeah. And so we are not spectators in this place. We are not consumers only. But we are contributors. We don't come here to consume. Yes, you get some teaching, we worship and receive a lot from God all the time. But freely we've received, now freely we give. We do both, don't we? We consume, but we also contribute. We contribute to the health of this place. We contribute into this place to love this house, to invest with our time and our treasure and our money and our talent, everything, to make sure that this place runs well. That the needs are met met around this place. That we pamper this house like Jesus Christ pampers this house. In the same way that you pamper your wife and your husband and your children and your friends and whatever. We pamper it. We we help and we support. Amen? To make this a beautiful place. A most exciting place. A welcoming place for seekers when they come in to see Christ. It is so important. We have a a heart for the house because we love this house. It's our house. Those of you who have a house, we all live in a house, but it may not be your house. But when it's your house in particular, you love your house. You want to fix things and DIY is so big in New Zealand. You know, we, you fix it, you have ownership. It's, it's yours. so exciting. This house is ours. This place is ours. We together have a responsibility to care for this place, to love this place, to support this place, to make it into the best you Not in a prideful sense, but just come on. The people are so, this is amazing. And people out there who have maybe bad experiences say, this is amazing. What is going on here? I met that guy from the church. He is very nice. I didn't know Christians were nice, you know? Come on, we do this together. Amen? No one abuses his own body, verse 29, but pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. And that's exactly what Christ does for his church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body. So we have the incredible privilege to serve this body. I have a certain role. You have a certain role. We all have a role. Nobody's better than another. Nobody's more important than the other. There's different roles, but we're all the same, aren't we? And we all are serving this body. We all are contributing and investing into this place as we partner with Jesus Christ, who is the master builder, because he is building his church and he's partnering with us and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Amen? Amen? So we're going to build a bigger base. Amen? And through this month, it's about maturity. We what it talks about? Becoming mature. It's very important. It's not just about money. It's about us being us. Yeah. Us being awesome. Amen? Amen? So we're going to come to the communion table because we're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to celebrate you. We're going to thank him for giving his life. Everything we do, the reason why we sit here, it's all because of what Christ has done for us. Ephesians 5 in the NIV. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present to himself a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Isn't that beautiful? That's who we are, guys. That's who we are, Church. And we are forever grateful to Jesus Christ. He gave all he had. And now we have the opportunity to give us, to give ourselves, everything we have also to him. Amen.